this is another story. I was out for, I was signed with the club and I was couldn't play for God knows how months, seven months, eight months. And he's here. He is here. Cristiano has entered the building. Yes, guys, welcome back to this episode of Sculpted. This episode, I am going to be, I guess, introducing you guys and also, I guess, myself to Charlie. And we're going to hear a bit about his story today. So first, first of all, Charlie, tell me, when did you start playing football? I first started playing football at the age of four, I would say. Obviously, you're not serious at four. You don't have ambitions of being a professional footballer. But yeah, that's the first sort of memories I have of kicking a ball about in Australia. Obviously, if you guys don't know, that's where that's where I grew up. And yeah, it was a bit. It was a different childhood. I feel like, in hindsight, looking back at it, um, compared to some of the people I play football now, um, I had a different upbringing yep. in terms of my football culture if you like um but yeah they're the first memories i had of it yeah okay and so your first kind of i guess um dabbling of taking football seriously when would that be i would say when i was 11 okay and who were you playing for at the time i was playing in the gold coast australia um for a team called gold coast city um, but I was in, I was playing for my state, Queensland. So yeah. at early ages of 12, I went to the national schoolboys in Adelaide, it was. And I was captain of the team. So I always showed, there was always signs that I was different. Yeah, different yeah. in a way Like I was not really interested in what other people were doing. I never really felt like I fit in as a kid, I would say. Yeah, okay. Um, not I didn't feel like an outsider, but I was I was always different. Like my friends would be into fizzy drinks, eat McDonald's. I was always into eating healthy, just having water. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I always felt a bit different in a way. But from ages of eleven, twelve, I remember clearly actually watching it's funny enough, obviously the World Cup's on at the time of this recording and um obviously Nick and I are Australian if you didn't know. Obviously, my accent's English, Nick's true Aussie, yeah. <laughs> through and through. But I remember at the time watching Tim Cahill, um, a documentary of him, and he was going to England for the first time, and he was talking about going to Millwall and what it's like to play overseas, the emotions he was experiencing. He was uh, crying, missing home, having getting blisters on his feet. He wanted to go back, and... This was my first sign. I remember going into my uh, room with my, I didn't even know what I had, an iPad, iPhone, iPod. And I remember going to uh, my mum's room actually and I was showing her this. I was so convinced. I was like, I need to get over to England right now. And I was probably about 12. Yeah. And she was like, oh, just, yeah, calm down. Like, <laughs> I was like, no, look at this. Like Tim Cahill did it. He was at, um, I think he went over a little bit later than, than 12, maybe yeah. like fifth. 16 yeah or so and i was like no i need to go like now like this is my time and obviously i did end up going to england for experience back and forth but we'll get into this i didn't move over officially to england until i was uh until i was 15 yeah yeah okay so i guess my next question is 
so you moved over to England at the age of 15 and your heritage is English, right? So you were lucky that you could move to England. Yeah. Now, I actually got no clue and this is a question that I've had for quite a while. So you moved to England at 15, right? Why? Why did you move over there and how? So at the, at the time, I was back and forth to England. What you need to understand is obviously my family are from England. Yeah. Um, all my family live in England, uh, bar my uncle who was in Australia. So obviously I immigrated to Australia when I was about one with my family. And then, yeah, I just grew up in Australia. And then when I was 15 or even before then, I was back and forth. So I went to various clubs th- for experience with my, either my school or through uh, a friend of a friend that my father knew, let's say. Um, and he played a big role in this in terms of getting me opportunities to go to the likes of West Ham, Crystal Palace, Bristol City, different teams. And I was just coming over and get experience. It was like, I would miss so many chunks of school. Yeah, I remember being like on the road, like three and a half months. I was with my dad. We had this big, this big van, big black van. Yeah. And I remember sleeping in it for hours. We're traveling the country up and down. Um, these are good memories. I haven't even actually thought about this for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, and throughout this period, I would literally would sleep in hotels. I'd be living out of suitcase with my dad, and I was I was on a mission. Like me and him, like were on a mission to like fulfill my dream. And throughout that time, obviously a a club I was at. Um, I won't mention the club on here. Actually, I can. I was at a club called West Brom. Yeah. Um, in the Premier League, and I was there for three to. I was originally there. So how it works in football. If you're not good enough, you're out. So if you're not good enough after one training session, it's a cutthroat business, you're out. So I was there for obviously a training session and then they invited me to stay for the week at West Brom. And then obviously I was good enough. They invited me to stay for two weeks. They saw something in me. They wanted me to play games. So I was there for like four weeks, I think, in total. You know, football happens. People use excuses not to sign you. I think it was an excuse in terms of international clearance. Yeah. Um, obviously, clearly, I was good enough to to play at that level. Yeah. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't extend that time and they wouldn't start me in games, etc. Yeah. But was I better than what they had? Most likely not, because yeah. they would have signed me over the boys they had. And no offense, but being an international, something that Charlie and I both have to deal with is if there's someone who is as good as you or maybe even you're a little bit better than they're not going to want you because you're such a hassle yeah international clearance and all like this is another story i was out for i was signed with a club and i was couldn't play for god knows how months seven months eight months so going back to your original question 15 moved over was because of west brom yeah so west brom was the club i was at when i was 14 13 mm-hmm. and through there there was a guy i don't even know how it happened it just happened yeah there was a guy who contacted the guy that got me at the club and basically he worked at plymouth okay which is obviously the team i ended up going on trial with and i was meant to play in a tour is <laughs> a whole story so i came over from australia and was meant to play in a tournament in ireland a big tournament when i was uh, under 15s I came, flew all the way over from Australia, other side of the world to England to play in this tournament specifically. I was with my mom. I ended up training with them and they said, oh, we can't get you international clearance. 
so you can't play in the tournament. So I was like, are you joking? <laughs> this is when the Euros was on. Uh-huh. Um, or was it the World Cup? 20, oh, probably 2014, right? That's World Cup. No, it was when the Euros were on. Uh-huh. You were 13 or 14? I would have been fifth, 14, 15. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this was the time when I was 14, 15. And yeah, to cut a long story short, I ended up signing with Plymouth. Um, obviously having to go on trial, do that whole procedure. Yeah. And I ended up getting myself a, a two-year scholarship at the club. Yeah, that's very impressive, I think, honestly, because going from... Now, not many people even probably know where the Gold Coast is. Like, if you're listening and we say the Gold Coast, okay, the Great Barrier Reef, it's somewhat close to there. That's probably your best reference. Um, some people won't even know what the Great Barrier Reef is, but... No, I don't think so. It's Australia. But it's, if it's you do, place. if you do, well done. Yeah, well done. <laughs> um, and, okay, so next question. So you're 19 now. Yeah. What is your vision for the next four years? And be be honest and for anyone listening, don't judge what Charlie says. No, they can if judge. It's a, it's a judgmental world. No, no, no. But, okay, yeah, yeah, judge. But I, what I mean by don't judge is if Charlie says that he wants to be the best player in the world and you're thinking, oh, Charlie's not going to do that. Well, just realize that Charlie is better off believing that he can than if he wasn't to believe it. So for anyone listening, people say, yeah, dream big or some people, there's very conflicting things about have realistic goals or have unrealistic goals. For belief systems, I think it's very important to actually believe that you can become the best player in the world, even if it's outrageously ambitious. So if I ask Charlie what his goals are, and he tells me that he wants to be the best player in the world in the next two years, I believe him. Because for me and for him, it's better that I believe it than if I wasn't. Because if he doesn't believe it, then there's no way that he can get anywhere close to it anyway. So tell me your goals. Next four years. I see myself obviously in professional football at this current time of the recording. I'm not a professional footballer and I never have been. Um, I signed a scholarship. I never got offered that contract to sign professional. Yeah. So number one, seeing myself as a professional. In terms of goals, I have big goals, but I'm more focused on the short-term day-to-day goals, like yeah. yourself, obviously, yeah. I know. Um, I have a, I have a, a big goal. Um, whether I want to share that right now. Don't have to. I say that because I'm very aware of the energy when you when you say something. Ken, I'm the same, and the energy you put out into the world, it's like I would. Mar- uh, you'd rather the results speak. The results after. speak for themselves. Yeah. Um, I think that's one thing I'm big on is showing rather than telling. Yeah. However, I will say this goal. I will. I will say this goal, and I've said this goal before many a times. It's been a goal that I've had since I was probably as young as I can remember, maybe 14. Yeah, okay. Maybe even younger than that. Mm-hmm. And this is for 2026 World Cup. Yeah. So the next World Cup, I want to get called up to play for Australia. And I believe that he can. That's the thing, because if you look at the current World Cup Australian squad, there are kids who four years ago, if they said that 
oh, I'll be playing in the World Cup in 2022, people would have laughed at. And no offense to them, but four years ago, if you go, if you go look at the best players four years ago, who were looking to be getting, let's say they were 14, they were, they were my age, right? And you're thinking, okay, I want to play in the World Cup. And they say that, that's outrageous. No one would ever believe them. But people do it. And for Charlie to say that, I, I, I back him. I reckon he can do it. I honestly reckon that anyone could do it. And I know Charlie, and I reckon he actually can do it. Look, it's, it's bold of me saying it, like, right now in terms of where I'm at with, yeah. I haven't played a minute in professional football, haven't signed a professional contract. Yeah. And for me to say that from go to... I'm currently playing non-league guys in England. So what you need to understand is there's so many leagues in between. However, one thing my dad said to me two days ago was the difference between business because he's in business and football is in business, you have to work your way up. In football, you can go from non-league to the Premier League. So you can make that massive jump if you're good enough, if yeah. someone sees an opportunity in you, if you take the opportunity. Yeah. Obviously, there's so many variables that play a part, but yeah. you can go from rock bottom to millionaire yeah. um, to a massive contract. Yeah. Um, obviously, the chances that happening are slim to none. Yeah, but, but you're better off believing that you can than if you think, oh, I'm never going to. Ne the chances of me making it are zero. But if you believe it, that you actually can do it, there's so much more power behind it. But that. what I say to everyone, that anyone ever asked me, whether it's a little kid, the, what, the odds of being a professional footballer, the odds of this, well, the odds are the odds. The odds are always going to be there. However, you need to focus on what you can control to yeah. get there, to make it a reality. Yeah. At the end of the day, someone has to be a professional footballer. Yeah. Someone has to be playing the Premier League. Yeah. And why not you? Why not? I think that's um, a good way to wrap it up. I think um, I've definitely learned a few things about Charlie there. And I hope you guys have as well. So um, in the next episode, we'll be uh, getting to know me. Let's go. All right, sweet.